you're here, and we're glad you're taking time to listen to real stories of the God who is with us. Stories from real people experiencing a real God. And here to encourage and inspire you with their stories, as well as his own, is the real Alan Dial. Well, welcome to the podcast. Today is a special, special time. I mean, I'm excited. I am super that's the word of my daughter, super excited about today uh, on this podcast because we, we've been talking over the last uh, three episodes about my medical situation that caused me to have a, a, rev, a new revelation of the cross of Calvary and uh, honestly just about the um, plan of salvation, the gospel, you know, the good news, which is God loves us. He died on the cross for our sins. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm really stoked up today to have my daughter on this episode. She's at home for the holidays from Virginia, and we're just so glad to have her on the episode today, the podcast. She she's expressed some interest in, in coming on the podcast, and I had been thinking about it for a while because I thought I, at some point I wanted to have my children, both of them, on this podcast. And I've told you in one of the episodes a little bit about them, but I'm glad to have my daughter Amelia here today. Amelia, say hello to everybody and just kind of, we're going to start off, let you just talk and tell us who you are and what you've been doing. And and then we're going to talk a little bit about dad's episode last year. Hi. Hmm. There we go. A hi. Hi. Got- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've never done this before, so this is pretty cool. Um, I am his daughter. My name is Amelia. Um, I am a worship pastor. That's my job. Um, and I live in Virginia. So a long I'm, ways away. Yeah, too too long, I guess. Um, but yeah, I live in Virginia, so I'm home for the holidays and was pretty stoked to come on here and talk. Um, yeah, so I graduated college recently um, with a... a ministry degree, a worship ministry degree. And got a job right out of college, I might add. Right. Really blessed, actually, um, to get a job right out of college, which is super cool. Um, super. I do say super a lot. Super. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah. That's the reason I said it. Super cool, because that's what you, I mean, super stoked or excited, whatever those words are. I didn't even know I did that, but I guess I do, because I just did it. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to talk. It's pretty cool to to talk. Well, you know, you know, because you're my daughter, you know what this podcast was all about. And it was really about initially about me telling my story of what happened to me in an experience I had with God. Mm-hmm. And and the reason I wanted to tell this story is because I wanted people out there that somebody, hopefully somebody would listen to this podcast and they would have an experience themselves. Yeah. So they would encounter a real God. And I, I, I thought that if people would listen to a real story of somebody having an encounter, they would have a real encounter, and then they would be able to call, call me and let me know about that, Get, come on this podcast and tell about their encounter, something that has changed their life forever. And that's what I really wanted to do. Yeah, no, I think it's a big deal because, you know, the Bible says we'll overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And I think, um, I think it's really important to not overlook telling your testimony, talking about stories of what the Lord does in our lives, because that's how you relate. That's how you, that's how you touch the hearts of other people because other people are going through things and you never know, you never know what kind of things from your own story, um, connect and, and touch other people where they relate. Yeah. They might trigger something that they really want to, 
Yeah, that's important. Yeah. That's very important. It's a big deal. You know, and here, here too, my story is not exclusive. It's not like God done something special for me he'd never do for anybody else because yeah. he's no respecter of persons. But you're right, the testimony, you know, here, here's the thing. I, I heard a song uh, not long ago. It's an old song. I heard it years ago, but that's what it talked about is testifying. Mm-hmm. And, and it said no matter, in that song, it said no matter what the world looks like today, God's still on the throne. Mm-hmm. He's still at the right hand of God, making intercessory prayer for all of us. And that's very, I mean, to me, that's very comforting to know that, you know, you're not praying for, you are praying for dad, but you're not praying. Uh, I'm not relying on your prayers for dad, you yeah. know, and I'm not relying on the preacher's prayers or somebody else's prayer. I'm relying on God sitting at the right hand of, I mean, Jesus sitting at the right hand of the father talking to him about me and you. Yeah, that's important. It is. Well, listen, I'm glad to have you on this episode because I really wanted to kind of just take a shot in here, a break, and on this exclusive episode and just kind of talk about from your perspective of what happened last year in May of last year when I had this major heart attack and kidney cancer and was in the hospital for so long and mm-hmm. um, just kind of wanted to go back and, and see what you thought about it and how, how you, uh, what you thought when you you know, what you experienced when this was all happening to dad back in the day? Yeah. So this was a really interesting time for me specifically because I was getting ready to go that summer. I was getting ready to go. It was the technically the summer after my senior year of college, but I had an extra semester um, that was supposed to come that next fall. Um, So I, for my major, uh, we were required to do some sort of ministry internship um, for a summer. Um, and so I was getting prepared to go to my internship that summer. Um, we had just gone, our family had just gone on vacation. Um, and there was a week in between where I was supposed to leave. Um, there was a vacation and then a week. And then I was supposed to leave to Virginia to Mm -hmm. do my internship. Um, not at the church I work at now, but a a close kind of a sister church to the one that I work at now. Um, so I was getting ready to do that, and the day that it happened, actually, I was um, getting. I was at a at a plasma donor center. Mm. Um, I was trying to donate plasma, and which ended up being a super long process of of paperwork and stuff, only for them to turn around and tell me um, because I have an autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to give plasma. So that was kind of, I was kind of annoyed because. I'd spent most of my morning there and yeah. then it just didn't they, just for them to be like, sorry, you can't donate. And I was like, okay. Um, so I left, I was with a friend there and I left that, that plasma center and I called mom because, um, I just was going to tell mom that they turned me down at the donor place. Um, and so, and wasn't able to give plasma. And so I called mom and, and she was like, I told her and she was like, okay. Um, also, which was kind of odd to me. She was like, also, um, I think dad's going to go to the hospital. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, I, I don't know. He called me and, and wasn't feeling very good and, and was having some chest pain and, and I think he's going to go to the hospital. Cause we were all kind of on our toes anyway. Cause your brother Yes, had just had a heart attack. Yeah, the week, the week before we went on vacation. That's right. So two weeks before you. Two weeks before me. Um, had just had a heart attack. So we were kind of like, I don't know what you'd call that, like gun shy. 
I guess a little, a little. Yeah. You know, you know, and what, what's kind of weird is your dad didn't really have that. I was, because when this all occurred, mm-hmm. I was, pre- and you know, and I'm a CPR instructor, have been for many years. And, and the thing is, is I was in complete denial. <laughs> Having yeah. a heart attack, I was in complete denial. Even though my brother, like you said, had just had one. And you're right. We had just come back from, from vacation, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I, I mean, you know, carrying all that stuff to me and you carried those umbrellas and chairs down every yeah, morning, you know, yeah. that mm-hmm. kind of mom worked us really hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, she worked <laughs> you really hard. I yeah. slept. Yes, exactly. But no. Yeah. So that I, I guess you weren't, you were kind of in denial about it, but I think mom and I were kind of, I mean, mom's pretty level headed in yeah. situations like this. Cause she worked in the ER for so long. Right. Right. But I was kind of more on the, on the, on the side of caution, but I was with, your brother too, you know, yes, when he wasn't, right. when he wasn't feeling good, I was like, mm, might need to see somebody might need to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just had a, I just had a feeling when I was talking to mom where I was like, mm, I don't, I don't know if this is good. And you know me and I have feelings about things where right, I'm like, mm, I don't right. feel right about that. Um, so I kind of had a weird feeling and I was like, okay, well I'll, what do you want me to do? Do I need to, do I need to come? And she was like, She's like, I don't know. I'll just, I'll, I'll keep you updated. He's just not feeling very good. You know, kind of in very true mom fashion, kind of like, don't worry. Just, yeah. You know. Well, part of mom too was that you had just gotten there. You had just gotten to this internship. Is right. I mean, no, no, no. This was before the internship. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, before yeah, yeah. the internship. So you were, but you were up there already, right? In, or starting to go up there, about to go up there. No, I left. I can't remember that. No, I ended up leaving. I left the day you came home from the hospital. Okay. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I know at this point I was just here. At, yeah, I was here <laughs> at it, but I was out. I was at this plasma donation center. Right. Um, but anyway, so I didn't really, I went up, I went back up to the school because I, that's the friend that I was with, uh, was taking some classes at school. And so that I was kind of hanging out with her. Um, and during like, cause we were on break already. We were right. already on summer break. That's right. Um, and so, but she was taking some summer stuff, and and so we were kind of in the same vicinity, talking and and hanging out. Um, but then I got by the time I got back up to the school, because I there was some stuff I had left in my dorm that I wanted to go ahead and put in my car and bring home. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I got to the school, uh, Clay, my brother, You're right, called me, um, and was like yeah they're taking they're taking dad to the hospital like you should probably come to the hospital and i knew i knew it was bad because the fact that clay was calling me mm-hmm. meant that mom couldn't right yeah. which was concerning so um he was like yeah they're taking him into into the cat going straight to the cath lab so i think it's mm-hmm. pretty serious and so i got in my car and was like, I was about an hour, maybe an hour 15 away from the hospital where I was at. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got in the car and I started driving towards this hospital and I was pretty stressed. I felt pretty stressed about it. Um, and so I called um, just on speakerphone because you're not allowed to use your phone That's in right. Georgia. Listen, folks, you are <laughs> not to, allowed to use your cell phone when you're driving. Right. So I ended up um, calling... My one of my best friends, um, her name's Cherie, and good old Cherie. Cherie is Cherie is one of the most phenomenal people I've ever known. Yes, she is. Um, and she's a she prays. Oh yeah, like she yeah. she's a prayer warrior. She's the real deal. Yeah. Um, and so I called Cherie and I was like, Cherie, I don't, 
I don't really know what's going on, but I think I think something's happening to my dad's heart. Like they're rushing him into the cath lab. And uh, Cherie has some family experience with like heart attacks and, and heart things. Um, and so she was like, oh, oh, my goodness. Like she knew the weight of the situation. And I I mean, I had my phone. I'd put my phone in my passenger seat just on speaker. And Cherie prayed the entire drive to the hospital. Awesome. Like awesome. literally the entire drive to the hospital. She prayed out loud. Didn't stop. Um, and so I got to the hospital and, and Clay met me outside and we went up. Um, and I was pretty shaken up, just nervous. I was very nervous about it. Um, and we went up to where the, I don't know what that's called, where the cath lab was. I don't know yeah, what that yeah, way yeah. is. It's kind of a backside of the emergency room sort of, yeah. So we went up, went up there and, uh, saw some of your work buddies mm-hmm. who were sitting mm-hmm. outside of the cath lab and mom was there and, uh, Clay was there and, um, Still didn't really know what was happening. We were still just kind of there. Right. It was so sudden yeah. and quick. We were just kind of in the gray, just sort of floating. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was sitting there, and, and some of your work buddies were kind of talking about what happened, kind of what was going on, um, which I thought was pretty cool they came. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah, it was, they yeah, were very absolutely. supportive. Yes. Um, but then your doctor that came out, the petite little firecracker. Dr. Chen, yeah, a, wonderful person. She, yeah, she was really cool. Um, but she came out and in the most casual, I couldn't believe how casual she was. She came out and she went straight to mom and she was like, okay, um, so major heart attack. Right. Right. Like (laughs) that's exactly her. So casual. I was like, what? And mom, mom got really emotional. Um, and I was just kind of in shock. I didn't feel emotion really. It Mm -hmm. was like, and I think the reason it stunned me is because I mean, your dad, Yes. My my grandfather passed yeah. away from a major heart attack. Exactly. Dropped dead. Yeah. Yes. And so it it stunned me. And it also kind of I had that realization of this might be like a genetic thing. Yeah. This might be some sort of like I don't know, relation kind of thing. So it had me I was thinking about about a billion things at once. I didn't know what kind of state you were in. Mom was really emotional, so I wanted to support mom, but I didn't really know how to support mom. And then I was thinking about my own health mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like all these different things at one time. Yes. Um, and so not a lot of time to think, honestly, because it was just all all over the place. They ended up taking you to um, what is it? The CCU or is yeah. it the ICU? Uh, I think it was a CCU uh, to start with. Yeah. yeah. So so we went back there and um, you were kind of like. I, we, totally out of it. Yes. But mm-hmm. when I walked into the room, I that was kind of when I was in shambles a little bit because um, you just didn't look like yourself. You were very pale mm-hmm. and like kind of fragile. Yes. Looking, yes. Um, which was so weird for me because growing up, you've never been fragile. Right. You're not the fragile type of person. You're very like typical a personality. Yeah. You're very, (laughs) you're very like, I don't know. You've always kind of been this stable kind of rock type personality of like, you know, head of the house, protector, Mm -hmm. father, very like, yeah. Kind of like Mike, your grandfather was because he was that way to me and taught me that way. Right. 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 So I had never, I've never witnessed you in a weakened state before. 
Like I've I'd never experienced a spot where I was the stronger one. You know, it's kind of funny you say that because I can remember Pa. That's mm-hmm. what you called him. My my dad when you know when I was growing up and I was about your age even. Uh, I mean, I thought I never thought my dad would die with a heart attack. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, matter of fact, I, I can remember as a young kid thinking that my dad would never die. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. he was that kind of strong personality. Uh, a, a very strong presence when he came in the room. I mean, you knew Paul was there, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Good. Yeah, and it was, I don't know, it was kind of uh, just like a blow to the head because I, here I am, standing over your hospital bed, and I think actually the first thing I did was I grabbed your hand, um, which I had to be careful because you had that whatever that thing was on your arm that you weren't supposed to move. Yeah. All Um, those things. But I, I grabbed your hand and kind of like doubled over, um, and had my forehead on your shoulder, um, and cried immediately because it was all of a sudden it was dad's not solid Mm. right now. Dad's not the thing you can lean on right now. And I've never experienced that. Yeah. I've I've never it's never been a thing where oh you're the stronger person mm-hmm. right now um which was intense it was a very intense feeling um but all, everything still was happening quickly there was yes, nurses yeah, right. doctors it, everything was like all over the place um and so then moving on from there we were in I stayed in the hospital as much as I could um and it it kind of I don't know. When tragedy happens, it's like, for me anyway, and I think this happens to you too, when tragedy happens, you switch into like ultimate logical mode. Right. It's um, kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, I, I think of it as this, it's kind of like survival mode. Yeah. You know, you you go, uh, it's either fight or flight. So either you hang in there and, and fight through this, yeah. which I think is a God-given thing as well. I think some people naturally uh fall or respond to when tragedy hits they respond either either they run from it or they go to it Mm -hmm. i I think that's a natural response for a lot of people yeah and it was you know it's not a lot of time you don't you can't process there's not a lot of process no 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 you use that yeah you're in you're in full-on i have to do whatever i'm supposed to do no time for emotion, no time to process it. You can process it later. You got to get things done. It's basically the zone that I entered. And it was very much, you know, you've got to be strong for your dad, but yeah. also for your mom. Yeah. Who right. is very just, I mean, it just like stunned mom. Mom yeah, was stunned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and mom, mom, you mentioned it a minute ago, and we're going to take a quick break right after this, but mom, you know, mom, um, has been in the medical field all her adult life as a career. Mm-hmm. And and it was kind of, I, I can remember you mentioned that a minute ago, just acting because your brother Clay one time, we, he was a little bitty boy, and um, he felt, we took him to the park. Mm-hmm. And they had one of those park, you know, had one of those uh, uh, gym sets that had a little swinging bridge between the two, like yeah. a slide and mm-hmm. a, a ladder kind of thing and a little swinging bridge. And he wanted to walk back and forth on that bridge. He was just a little toddler, you know, mm-hmm. and he was walking back and forth on that thing and flipped through and fell backwards off of that thing. I mean, and I watched it. It was almost like in slow motion. He hit the ground. He fell off the ground before I could grab him and he fell backwards and he just kind of folded up on the ground. I thought, Oh my gosh, 
we've killed him, you know. I mean, he broke his back or something here. You know, and mom just immediately snatched him up. I snatched him up and, and was like running to the car. Mom was like, whoa, 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 stop, stop. Let me look at him, you know. I mean, she want, she had the level head in that mm-hmm. moment. She went to that moment of tragedy where I was just like panicking. She grabbed him and looked at him and observed him and seen that he was all right, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, listen, before we go any further, I want to take a quick break because I want the people to know how to make contact with me. And so when we come back from break, I'm going to pick up right where you left off. So hold that thought, will you? We'll be right back in just a moment. Alan would love to tell your story. Have you experienced a moment with God that has changed your life? Your story could be the inspiration for others to lead them to the realization that God is truly with us and wants us to know Him personally and intimately as a daily experience. Connect with Alan in an email to alan at realstories.us, A-L-A-N at realstories.us. Here's Alan with more of today's Real Stories of the God Who Is With Us. The God Who Is With Us. You know, I forgot to mention, we're coming to the people today on this podcast with my daughter, Amelia, straight out of Studio Z about the father's business. You, You remember Studio Z right here? Oh, yeah. How could I forget Studio Z? It was constant. Wait, wait, wait. I told the people this. I think it was like, it was, was it Clay Z or Cray Z? Cray. Cray, C-R-A-Y, uh-huh. right? Because his name is Clay. He just kind of changed the letters around, right? I, honestly, I don't know what that process was. I think it started as a joke. It probably, and then became I think it did too. a thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I could never forget this because I live right across the hall. Right across the hall. And it was loud. Yeah, <laughs> all the time. You know, and the thing is, is, is uh, this room, uh, the, wh- where we're actually recording in here is kind of up in a little cubby, sort of. Mm-hmm. But but that's, I mean, he made some really good, uh, mixed some really good music up in this hole. Yeah, he really did. Had a real talent for it. Yeah, he did. And, you know, we thought he was going to stay with that for a while. He just kind of didn't. He, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he grew up. Well, not really. In some ways, he grew up. No, he did. I think, I don't know, you just kind of move on to... I don't know. The Lord moves you on. The That's Lord right. moves you to different things. That's right. So tell me, we were at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, just pick up them there and just kind of go on with this story. I'm interested in it as well. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I was in survival mode in in the in the zone of you. You can't process. You can't emote. It's very um, just do what you got to do. Get through it. Get through the day. Um, and so I was trying to be strong pretty much for everybody. Um, and that was difficult. We had a lot of people in and out, a lot of family members come and, and visit, um, a lot of your friends, your, your coworkers. And, and you know, what's strange about that is that I'm in a fog on a lot of that. You know, I I tried to think back, you know, at the time I remember a lot of things, but then, then there's things that I totally do not remember. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I'm sure I was just, I mean, you probably know more about that than I do because I was just out of it. You know? Yeah. I, well, it's weird because a lot of it's kind of in a fog for me, too, because, I don't, you know, sometimes when things are traumatic, your brain kind of shuts down. It purposely forgets things, um, mm-hmm. trying to preserve itself, I think. Um, I don't really know a lot about psychology, but I think that that's. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. So um, kind of those days in the hospital were fast. They seemed really fast. Um, for me anyway, and trying, trying to just be where I needed to be, be supportive for mom, be supportive for you. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't back and forth a ton. There were 
a little I, I didn't I never spent the night in the in the hospital. I usually stayed with uh my cousin Hannah at her house um during the nights. Right. Um but it was I I remember having a lot of anxiety during that time and I've I've struggled with anxiety um especially through my college years and it was kind of just a a, a constant um kind of tightness in my chest just from being right, anxious right. Mm-hmm. Th- during that whole thing um and I was praying constantly which is not out of the ordinary for me I'm kind of the type of I'm not as much a, I don't know maybe I should be but I'm not as much of the, you know, I'm going to de- I'm going to get down on my knees next to my bed and pray for 2 hours before I go to bed. I'm more of the I just kind of constantly talk to the Lord. Well, I believe there's a scripture that says that we should pl- pray like that, right? I mean, I, I think we should pray uh all the time. Yeah, so. a, a very and not even like, you know, not this formal like, "Oh, Father, you know, th- hear my plea" or whatever. Very like just just a streamline of talking to yeah, the Lord yeah. all God, the time. Yeah, God wants. God knows. He, he said He knows the very intent of our heart before we do it. So He He really knows what your mind's thinking before you ever ask or say anything about it. So really, you don't have to make it super formal. And yeah, you don't have to really talk like you're uh, talking to an alien. You just right. You know, just talk. You know, right. just tell God what you really need. You know, right? I you know I just I'm very comfortable in my relationship with the Lord. I'm very comfortable. Um just speaking to him um, with a lot of respect, obviously, because he's, yeah. you know, I fear the Lord. I have the fear of the Lord. Right. <laughs> I do. And, and, and you got to know him. You got to have a relationship, right? Yeah, you yeah, for me. sure. Um, and so anyway, con- kind of constantly talking to the Lord. Uh, and I I try to make sure that um, I don't want my, my prayer to constantly be like transactional prayer. I don't mm-hmm. want it to always be, Lord, do this for me. Right, do this, do right, this, do right. this. Um and so I I kind of I I tried to to streamline my prayers into more of the realm of Lord just have your way. Yeah. You know whatever whatever it is like whatever your will is have your way and if that's not what I want then give me the peace and the strength to deal with that. You know, you know, you probably heard this on I mean I think you listened to my podcast earlier on on one of the episode uh, the second episode I think but but you know uh, when I was in the back of the ambulance riding to the hospital mm-hmm. you know I made that I made that um that statement about I felt like it was almost like I was in a dream, you know, a vision or dream or whatever you want to call it, but but it was almost that conversation between the angel of light and the angel of death. Mm-hmm. You remember that part of there? Yeah. Well, that's kind of what you're saying because it was like to me it was like a it was like a communication that I saw between uh there that was over me. It was mm-hmm. about me whether I left this world or I stayed here, mm-hmm. you know. And so it, that that's kind of that same concept, I think. Yeah, so that was kind of where I was in where I was at with my headspace and and I was getting a whole lot of support, which I was very grateful for. I had a, a lot of friends and family, you know, um, if they couldn't come and visit, they were contacting me yeah, and, yeah, right. and saying that they were praying. And a lot of people at my school were praying. Um, you know, that's a key to it. You just said it because we had a lot of people praying. Oh, we had a ton of people <laughs> that praying. That was awesome. Um, it, yeah. was, it was. It was really great. I was really moved by that because, I mean, I remember you guys telling me, how much people, how many people were praying, I, you know, and I didn't have a phone, you know, you didn't, when you're, when you're going through that, it's funny how you don't really think about 
materialistic things at that moment, right? Yeah. But 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 at the same time, I remember people telling me how much, and you know, afterwards, even in my recovery, mm-hmm. there were so many people out there, so many people that said, "Hey, buddy, I'm just telling you, I'm praying for you," and that means a lot, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I I've always been one of those guys. If I tell you I'm praying for you, I want to really pray, mm-hmm. you know. I, I, but there's a lot of people that don't do that. They just say praying because they yeah, think yeah, yeah. it's something you want to hear, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I really try. If I tell somebody, I mean, I pray for you guys. I pray for mom and and you and Clay every day, you yeah. know. And 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 the thing is, I know from a child, from a very young child, I know that prayer really works. Right. It does. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the effectual fervent prayer. You know. Yeah. So if you're right, if you're if you got a right relationship, you can pray and God will listen. Right. And so I think that uh, a lot of times. Uh, if people say they're going to pray for somebody, they really need to pray. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, no, I yeah. agree. Um, it kind of speaks to the importance of, of community, um, yeah. which I think is a very intentional thing from the Lord to have the body of Christ together, to have it, um, I don't know, a linked people linked together in order to lift each other up and pray. And, and I don't know, it's important. Yeah, um, really I definitely is. needed oh, it. Definitely. I needed I needed the support. Our whole um, family did at that moment. Yeah. Um, and so you were in the hospital, um, and that was kind of a back and forth thing of of getting emotional and then being in the very, like, survival mode uh, kind of thing for me. And all the while, I'm trying to prepare to go to my internship. Um, Which was a terrible tear, wasn't it? It, it was. It was. Because um, I was like, do I go? to this internship or do I not? Because you're in the hospital with this massive heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really know what to do. And, you know, I was talking to my uh, advisor who was kind of over the whole internship thing and was like, you know, if you need to do what, do whatever you need to do, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that didn't help. It wasn't like a, didn't yeah. get any kind of sure. Didn't really give me. you a direction. Like, right. Right. Um, and so I was very stressed out um, to the point of getting sick. Um, and, you know, I, I'd never experienced that before. I'd never, I'd never thrown up from right, being stressed right, out. Right. I think you did, right? I did. I did. Um, which was so weird for me. I was like, what in the world? Where'd that come from? Um, but anyway, so I was praying about it and um, felt very strongly that the Lord was like you you need to go. You need mm-hmm. to go to your internship. You need to go where I've sent you and yeah. do what I've sent you to do. Right. Um and it didn't feel it, it felt right in with what the Lord was saying of course, but it didn't feel right in my flesh. Right. My flesh was like Isn't, you're not supposed to leave like your dad almost died. You yep, can't yep, leave. Yep, yep. Um and so but you know, I trust the Lord more than I trust my flesh. And, um, and and the fact that that we I've said this before on this podcast we we are not uh, we're in we're in his hands we're mm-hmm. in his plan so you know I mean uh, I could have easily went I yeah. think your mom said it this way the door was the gate was open kind mm-hmm. of thing the gate was open I and I could have easily went out of here in that gate but it was just not my time it was not for yeah. in the it, it was not in God's plan that I leave at this particular moment of time but um. Our trust is not in, in man, it's not in, in Washington, it's not in 
Uh, it's not in your friends and family. They'll all let you down, right. but, but God will never let you down. You know, right. he, he's really there. And that's part of this podcast because the God that is with us is truly the God who loves us, you know? Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I was torn, but I felt, felt very strongly that the Lord was like, you need to go, you need, mm-hmm. you need to go do what I've, what I've sent you to do. And so the day you came home from the hospital is when I left for Virginia, um, which is about five and a half hours away from yeah. where we live. Long ways away. Yep. Um, and so I did just that and and got settled into this internship where I had, honestly, the most support, um, just the greatest people yeah. who who walked me through a lot of things. And because, and, you know, you're starting this, you're starting this internship and you kind of want to be not necessarily impressive, but you're, mm-hmm. you know what you're, you know, this is what you've studied for. This is what you've learned to do. Um, and you want to thrive in it. And I think that pastor had a, a whole church praying, didn't he? He did. He did. Yeah. He had the, he had the whole church and the staff. They, man, they get down and, and pray with me in the, yeah, in this office awesome. building. It yeah. was great. Um, but they were so understanding. And honestly, the, the people at that, at that church were, um, which this is just a shout out to shout out. This is a shout out to <laughs> to Pastor Ryan Linkus and and Pastor Melanie Wayne um, for being so supportive and um, honestly were big contributors to I think my healing in yeah. in the situation, my right. like emotional healing in yeah. it. Um, which was I I mean I could never thank them enough for that, but you know I'm. I got I got kind of in my gr- my groove in my internship and yeah then, and and let me just interject right there because that mom and I went later to mm-hmm. to your church to the church up there for the internship mm-hmm. and I mean I know for myself visiting that church was just a, a wonderful sensation of love and and uh, uh, unity in that church there was a lot of I mean the atmosphere in that church was good mm-hmm. you know I mean you you sometimes you can go into a church and you feel yeah. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but this church is just a wonderful, loving church, good congregation. And you know, you said it a while ago, but they were basically had a lot of influence on your faith. You went up there for a college internship, yep. But ultimately, your job came out of this situation, yeah. Up there, so that's yeah, yeah. Wonderful folks. Shout out to them. Yeah, they were great. Honestly, they were so great. Um, And so, you know, I got in my groove, kind of with my internship, doing doing what I was doing, enjoying it, loving it. Um, and then I was at work, um, in the office that, and when I say work, I mean my internship. Um, and I was in the office and got a phone call. It was a Tuesday because we had staff meeting that day. Um, and I was, I'd had a missed phone call from Clay while I was in the staff meeting. And I was like, that's odd. Cause Clay's not really like, I mean, we'll talk on the phone. We're the we're the type of siblings where we don't call often, right. but when we do call, it's like you know we're on the phone for like two hours. But he's not a telephone guy, not really. Yeah. Um, but I had this missed call from him, and I was like, "That's strange," because this is on the in the middle of a Tuesday. You know, mm-hmm. this is not this is not normal. And so I kind of stepped out of the office buildings, um, or the office area, I guess, in the church, and called Clay back, and he was like, "Hey, so Dad's back in the hospital." And I was like, oh, my goodness. It was like it was one of those things where I was like, when is it going to like let up? Yeah, yeah. Right. Like what's going on? 
Um, and so I was like, what, well, what's happening? And he was telling me about, you know, the things that had happened and you talked about it in your previous podcast yeah. about why you had to go back to the hospital. And, um, and honestly, honestly, Amelia, the, the heart attack was really bad, really bad, really bad. However, I really thought I was going to die mm-hmm. with this kidney cancer thing. You know what I'm saying? Cause mm-hmm. I mean, I got, I guess I was so weak from having the heart attack, you know, and then this took place. It was really put me in the bottom. Yeah, no, it was, it was a lot. And at the, when he called me, we didn't know it was cancer yet. Right, right. Um, and so we just knew there was this situation with your kidneys. Didn't really know exactly. I don't know if you guys knew it yet, but we didn't, I don't know if y'all told us yet or something. I don't know. Um, but it was I. I knew, like within myself, I was like, mm, "This is not good." You know, it's like you hear tumor, but it might not be cancerous. It might just be a benign thing. But I, something in my spirit was like, "No, it's like the real deal. Like right. this is a problem." Um, and so once again, I was faced with this: this, do I come home? Do like, what do I do with this? Mm-hmm. Um, I went and after I got off the phone with Clay, I, I went back into the. Um, office area and uh, Pastor Melanie, which is the worship pastor at that church, and and one of my, I don't I don't know what what we talk about it all the time because she's she and I still we talk all the time, but we constantly talk about how I don't know what to call her. She's like a mentor. Yeah. Um. I I don't know what she is to me, but we're very very close. And I walked in and she took one look at me and she was like, "What happened?" Like she just knew right. that something was wrong. Um, and I just broke down in kinship, the, kinship in the middle of her office. I broke down, um, and, and was trying to tell her like what was happening and the entire staff that was there. Cause the whole staff comes on Tuesdays uh, mm-hmm. for staff meeting and the entire staff came into her office and got down. I was on the floor, got down on the floor with me and prayed. Um, thank, thank God for prayer. Honestly. Um, and uh, just they prayed and and Melanie and I went on a walk around the building after after that and and I I was in that that place of do I go home do I not do, what do I do and once again the Lord was like I, I mean so clearly mm-hmm. was like I've sent you here to do a work mm-hmm. and I want you to complete the work I'll handle your dad yeah yeah. And you know that we talked about at the very beginning of this podcast that God's still on the throne, mm-hmm. and your situation in because that whole deal when you were in college, the way the internship came about, mm-hmm. and because you were actually supposed to do an internship somewhere else, right? Yeah, I was. So you know, I mean, we ain't got time to probably tell the whole thing here, but at the same time, the direction that you were up in Virginia with was all designated and organized and arranged and planned uh prior to that and god had designed for that plan yeah right? it was very intentional yeah um and i didn't even realize how intentional it was before right. you know i didn't i didn't realize and that. we never do usually no and and it kind of was a a visualization or a an example for myself in my own spiritual walk because i look back on that and realized how important it was for me to just trust where the Lord was sending me, even though I didn't understand why, you know, there wasn't really any, there wasn't really any reason behind it. I didn't think at the time, but it it was a testament to just really handing your life over to the Lord Mm -hmm. because he just knows, he just knows better. 
He just yeah, does. He does. And that sounds really elementary and, and simple, but he just he just does. It's the truth. I mean, uh, you, you know, and if, you know, if people, you know, the, 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 you hear that all the time. People say, if the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, it will if you actually believe it's that simple. It's that truth. If mm-hmm. it's that truth. Uh, and and you accept it as the simple truth, it'll set you free. Yeah. You'll be able to do everything else that way, you know, take everything else in that truthfully. Yeah, and, and that in that moment was another just example to me where the the Lord was like, I I want you to do what I've sent you to do, and I want you to trust that I will take care of your dad. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. You don't have to do it. Right. Um and it it gave me a lot of I had a lot of peace about it, mm. um, which really helped because I knew I had the tendency to feel guilt about it. I knew yeah. I had the tendency to be I feel guilty because I'm up here, you know, doing this internship, enjoying enjoying this internship, and Dad's got kidney cancer back in the hospital. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that could feel you know in my flesh it's like how dare you not be there to support your family, but I I I kind of just rebuked that yeah honestly because the lord was very clear you need to do what you're doing Mm -hmm. and i'll take care of him um and i he had said that before with the heart attack yeah and so i believed him blessed be his name i was like okay we'll 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 do what we're doing and i'll just trust that you will handle it the way that you need to handle it um and he he did it i mean Pulled you out of, pulled you away from death the second time. Yeah, the second time, yeah. Um, And I don't know, I guess the biggest takeaway from the entire thing, it was very stressful and very um, painful and difficult, but I had more spiritual growth in that one summer than I, at one time, than I think I've had in my entire life. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you knew it or not because the surgeon had told uh, me and your mom this at some point, but I I remember it directly that that tumor in my kidney uh, had it not been found when it was found would have been outside of my kidney mm-hmm. shortly because it, my kidney had swollen or, or grown with a tumor in it, you know, several times its size. Mm-hmm. And that it was about to come out of the kidney, so therefore it would have been metastasized all over my body kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. or anywhere in my body. So it was one of those things where I think, um, uh, you know, again, by design, God knows exactly what, where we're at. He knows exactly what's happening. And it not not exclusive to me, but he, what he does for me and you, he'll do for everybody else that's listening to this podcast today. All they got to do is ha- reach out to him, have a relationship with him, and he'll do the same thing. He's not. He's waiting to 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 take somebody else through the same walk. Mm-hmm. You know? Do you do you believe that? Yeah, I do. And I think that it's a big deal with um, the whole thing. The entire you know the growth I had spiritually was all based off of recognizing and actually, I mean, tangibly seeing the results of trusting the Lord and just being hands off, um, and honestly taking my my hands off of the situation and being like, Lord, you do whatever it is that you need to do. Have your way. You're, you're in control. This is, this is what, you know, this is what I want. I want for you to have your will. Um, and seeing the results of that, of, of what it's like to, to genuinely trust the Lord, um, is what caused so much spiritual growth in me. Um, 
and kind of a whole turnaround for my um my faith, which is you, you know you you kind of get in a zone, especially like me when you're raised in church and then you went to school for ministry, and it's like right. you you kind of get in this groove of like I mean I know a lot, I know a good bit, yeah, but then something crazy happens, and you realize that you ha- you can have this entire new turn this new like refreshing of your of your faith just like me mm-hmm. uh just like your dad because i you know i my dad was a pastor your grandfather for 47 years mm-hmm. i grew up and, and and i thought i knew about the love of jesus and i never really i mean i knew it but and i had experienced the love of jesus plenty of times but this was a new total new revelation and i never experienced the love that I felt in the back of that mid unit ever in my whole entire life. And I'm 60 years old. Mm -hmm. So I never experienced that before. So, so there can be one thing in your, and that's what this podcast is all about. One thing that will call that, 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 that you have experienced in your life that has changed your life forever. This changed your life forever. It, It was not a situation where had you not been, had to go through what you went through with this, with your dad, your growth may it may have eventually got there, but not as soon as it did. You mm-hmm. know, right? Right. Very- I'm gonna, I'm going to take one more quick break, and and then we'll come back because I want to hear I want to hear the growth. I want to hear what mm-hmm. happened out of that. Okay. Sure. Let me take a quick another break, and I'll be right back. As you're listening to today's podcast, and you're wanting to know more about the real God who really loves you. There's a way to discover him and how to have that personal and intimate relationship with him. Email Alan for resources and encouragement as you begin your journey to new life. Alan at realstories.us Or you may already be on that journey, but would like to know more about sharing your story with others. Again, the address is alan at realstories.us Here again is the real Alan Dial with more of today's Real Stories of the God Who Is With Us. You are, I, I am so glad you're with me today, Amelia, and I, I know that you're on that journey as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, I mean, listen, I told in the first episode, I think it was the first episode, I told this where uh, we, we used to get around the bed and pray at night yeah. as kids, mm-hmm. you, you know, you guys as kids, and and uh, I told that story, I don't know if you heard that or remembered that, but uh, I told that story because you used to, I used to try to get you, I didn't tell the whole story on that episode, but because it it was just a, a longer story, but I used to tell, I mean, I used to tell other people about it because I used to ask when we get down to pray, I would ask you to pray and you never would pray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you never, I mean, you would refuse like that little pouty face and you wouldn't, you wouldn't even say nothing. You would just shake your head at me, you know, like, no. And then, I, and then I finally got, I said, why don't you pray? And you, no, I don't I said, what do you want God to do for you? And when you made that confession mm-hmm. from your mouth about what you wanted God to do for you, mm-hmm. after that it was easy. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So I think other people need to hear that as well. You know, there's somebody out there may know it, all they got to do at some point is to say, "I need Jesus. I need Him. I need Him." Mm-hmm. And once they say that, He's going to come in like a flood. Yeah, I agree. So let me hear about the growth. I mean, you you, you hit that before, right before we took a break, but. Uh, Pick up back right there and, and and start with that and just kind of tell me how that went after this fact. Yeah, so it's not super complicated. Um, it's not it's not this big, you know, I could write, well, I probably could write a whole book about it, but 
it, it wasn't this this crazy rocket science type equation of of how to how to grow spiritually. Um, wasn't like a twelve step plan or right. anything like that. It was a simple, um, just logical thing where mm. I trusted the Lord. I I made the the conscious decision to trust the Lord with this situation and do and obey Him. Um, out of love for Him, by the way, it's not like a you know, it's not like a oh, I'm chained to this or or I feel obligated. I obey the Lord because I love the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um. And simply trusting and obeying resulted in exactly what he said it would, where he took care of it. Yes. And it's as simple as that. And looking mm-hmm. back on that, and what I mean by growth is, you know, you look back on that and it, it kind of clicks. It's kind of, you know, the same as, as something that would happen when you're a kid where it's, it's you know, you say you want to do something and your parents say, no, you can't do that. And you don't really understand it until later when you look back and you recognize, oh, I just didn't know better. They knew better and I didn't know better. Right. And it's the same thing with the Lord. It's you look back on it and you didn't really know better, but the Lord did. And when you trust him with it and obey him with it and it works out the way that he's exactly how he said it would work out, um, it grows you spiritually because you know in the future whenever you get stuck or a tragedy happens or um, you're struggling or even in good times, even when things are fine, you know to to once again trust and obey the Lord because you already have this experience of him working it out the way he said it would. Right. Um, so it's, it's honestly as simple as that. It, it grew me in, in the way of knowing that I don't have to always try to be in control of everything, um, which I have a tendency to want to do. Yeah, that comes from your dad. Yeah, it's a, it's just a kind of a thing where I want to be able to fix things and I want to be able to have control over things and, and knowing that it just doesn't work out that way. It, it's better for me to let the Lord be in control of things. Right. And, and you know, sometimes it's it, uh, I think back on this whole situation with me and this whole deal. I'm a, I've always been one of those that, that wanted to be in control. I mean, not not a controlling personality per se, not that. I mean, I, but I just wanted to be in control of my own faculties. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. my own things that I was dealing with. I want to make sure I'm in control. I don't. I didn't want no surprises. You know. Mm-hmm. But I think in this whole episode or this whole thing that happened medically with me, uh, I think the Lord, looking back on it, I think it was a lot of teaching in there, letting me know that He's in control. Not me, but he's in control. And all I got to do is what this podcast is all about. Be about the father's business. You know, do what I know to do to the best of my abilities, and and, and then he'll take care of the rest. It's all in. He's still at the right hand of God, and he's still in control. And yeah. until that changes, I don't have to put my trust in anybody else. Yeah, and I had a – that's that was the big revelation, for which I knew. It was head knowledge. I'd yeah, grown yeah, up. Yeah. I'd grown up learning that, you know, God's in control. He knows what's best for you. But that was when it was this giant click, this realization, this revelation in my own heart where I was like, I don't, I don't have to worry. Right. Um, and it, there was, it's funny because it's funny how things pass down from you, I guess, because, um, the entire time that this was going on, there was one specific song in my head, Mm -hmm. just the entire time could not stop singing it in my head. 
and you know it, and I'm pretty. I might have sent it to you because I sent you a few songs while you were in the hospital. Oh yeah, I got a bunch of songs. Yeah, yeah, and um, but it was God has a way. Yeah, of working it oh, out. Oh yes, 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 yes. Everything that you're worried about. <laughs> so don't be discouraged, and don't ever doubt, because God has a yes, way. Yes, God has a way. Of working it out. And that just over and over and over. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, it was that realization that I really do believe that. Mm-hmm. I truly believe God has a way of working it out. Doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. He's got it. You know, he said he, 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 he's observes the sparrow that falls from the sky, you know, mm-hmm. and he knows that every hair on our head, I don't have many anymore, but you do. That's true. Uh, that beautiful red hair. And, God knows every every strand of it. You know, mm-hmm. he knows exactly. And, and I don't think that means that God sits there and counts hairs on heads. I'm not sure that's what it is exactly. Mm-hmm. But 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 the meaning behind that is he knows every little thing about us. Yep. And he's got the plan for everybody. And he knows what left and right turns you're going to make as you travel down that road. Mm-hmm. And if you get to a stumbling block, he already knows that block's going to be there before you get to it. So... If we take all of our effort and put our trust in him and cast all of our cares on him, all of our burdens on him, really, if you think about it, in the midst of the storm, we are still anchored. Yep. <laughs> because, it, I mean, there's nothing nothing that can steer us in the wrong direction. If we're holding on to him, he's going to take us in the plan that he's got for us. Mm-hmm. So all we got to do is trust him, and that's the bottom line. Yeah. Great, great, great. Yeah, and I think that's the takeaway, you know, even from today and what we've been talking about is we're in some crazy chaotic times. Oh yeah, I you, mean, you 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 fresh out of college, so you see all of this. It's chaotic, is what yeah. it is. Um, and I'll tell you what, I'm not worried about it. No, and I'm not worried about it exactly because of this experience that that we've been talking about today. Knowing that if I just cast my cares on the Lord. He'll work it out. He'll work it out. Even if it doesn't look great, even if it if it doesn't look exactly how I would like for it to look, I still trust that he's going to work it out. And same thing with the the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And if not, he's still good. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. I'm still going to praise him. Um, and they turned it seven times hotter, didn't they? You know, so, I mean, I don't know how hot a furnace is, but, you know, I mean, if you turn it seven times hotter than it normally is, Pretty hot. Yeah, it's pretty hot. Yeah. And so, and, and you know, and the thing is, 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 is if you read that, those passages, when they were about to throw them in, a lot of people probably don't even believe that happened, you know, in real life. Mm-hmm. But I do. I do too. And, and, you know, the thing is, if you were standing in line waiting to go into that furnace and you go, hmm, they, they're not going to let me out of this. They're going to throw me in there. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be hard. And I think that's part of the situation today is people look at what's on the surface. Mm-hmm. No, they look at the problem and not the problem solver. Right. That's the problem. You know, I mean, we all do. We all have look through flesh, fleshly eyes sometimes. And and really, just like Peter in the water, he sunk when he didn't keep his eyes on Jesus. And so that's what this podcast is all about, the gospel, the good news. Mm-hmm. Jesus and his love and his love demonstrated on the cross of Calvary. Right. And you've heard that story from me already, but. That is really it. That's the simple truth about the whole thing. You know, yep. it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. If you just let God love on you and you hold on to the cross of Calvary, 
And that is a representation of his true love for us mm-hmm. and that he's with us. Right? Yeah, I agree. Excellent. Did we take another break? Yeah, I think we yeah, did, we did, didn't we? Yep. Well, listen, it's been wonderful having you on the broadcast today. And I want you to come back because I know we probably got lots more to talk about. Sure, I can talk for days. Yes, that's <laughs> what your brother told me. Uh, but, you know, he, he, he said he was going to come on the podcast, too. So we'll we'll see what he does when he gets Oh, on. he'll talk a lot, too. He thinks I'm the only one who talks. Yeah, listen, I heard him on stage. I know what he does. Yeah, he's a talker. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he, he I think he's getting complaints now when he speaks out in public of how long he goes. See, you know? and he thinks he thinks he's he's he thinks that I'm the problem. Yeah, they say, "Oh, wait, you went an hour? What?" <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, listen, Amelia Dial, it's so glad to have you on this program today. You're my daughter, my flesh and blood. Uh and I am so thankful that you decided that you would come on here and talk to me about your experience and what you felt, I mean, some of this I knew and some of it I didn't know, but it's very good. And to have a bonus, the bonus, the bonus of having you sing to me on oh. live on radio. I mean, on a broadcast here. Sorry, I don't stop singing. I know this is beautiful, but God has a way. I hadn't thought about that in a while, but I know, I think you did send that to me because, but that's, that's exactly. Matter of fact, when I got out of the hospital, I was at home. Uh, for many days, trying to recover after being 11 days in the hospital with a kidney cancer. And, and I remember uh, several weeks after I had been home recuperating, it seemed like I just got a flood of songs. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard somebody say this one time that, you know, you can minister to somebody or talk to somebody, say from a pulpit or, or for a preacher, you know, like a preacher to preach somebody, a congregation, and they may not listen to the message at all, mm-hmm. but you can sing that same message. And people listen to it, mm-hmm. you know, because music is one of those conduits that reaches through all kinds of boundaries and yeah. it reaches to people who never otherwise would listen to the gospel, right. you know, they, but they will listen to a song and music and relate to that. And sure. I believe that's the reason God uses music. Oh yeah. That's why so, I'm so passionate about it. Yes. And so I'm glad, I'm so glad that you're a worship pastor. I'm so glad that that you, uh, you know, we we didn't raise you perfectly, but I know that we turned you over to God way a long time ago, when you were a little bitty baby, and we said, God, you know, you you lead her, guide her, and direct her in her path, and we will just hold her up in prayer the whole time, and that's what we've done, and God has made a way. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, listen. Until next time, it has been great having my daughter on real stories of the God who is with us, and until next time. May God bless you and you be about the Father's business. Inspiration and encouragement. There's more of that in Alan's next podcast, so be sure to subscribe so you won't miss it. We welcome your comments and questions, as well as your own story of your moment with God that has changed your life. Keep in touch with an email to alan at realstories.us, alan at realstories.us. And don't forget, the God who is with us is the God who loves us.